Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you once again from the Fairfield Comedy Club with our headliner tonight, Frank Liotti. Frank! Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm oh, so it's excited. always great to have you. I always know we're going to have a fun time when you're here. I love performing here. It's my favorite. It really is one of my favorite places to perform. It, yeah, it's a, it's a fun room. Uh, tonight was fun as well. Like I, You know, it's summer, which is a little quieter and you know the seven o'clock show oh, but they were so much they fun great yeah and there's they, a duchess next door if you don't have a like I, i'm all about <laughs> fast food that no one's ever heard of so when oh, that i've never seen before oh you've never seen duchess no we didn't have them so oh, it's very up. regional so it's just like around oh, here i've never seen that. duchess anywhere outside that's of like, connecticut that's why i always want to come here like more often than not. it's good what do you get there at duchess well, you can get, the thing that's great about Dutch's is you can get a cheeseburger, but then you can get like spaghetti with meatballs too. Yeah. It depends on how the first show goes. <laughs> like if I if I kill, then I'll just get like a number three or whatever. But if I bomb, I'll get like, you know, can I get combo number three, seven, nine, twelve, and two, and a milkshake? And <laughs> Frank, you've never bombed here, no, so I guess I it's the number three. <laughs> no, but it is like like that was a really good example that seven o'clock show of the climate. Of telling jokes today. Yeah. Like, th- there was, there were just so tense with regard to certain things. They were really laughing and then this they would room shut down. particularly gets tense about a couple things. One, around here, you get a mixed crowd in terms of politics. Every, absolutely. So, any kind of like politics, it, people tighten up. Like, you can do it, but you got to get get there in the right way right, right. or there's like a butthole I mean, tension. I don't really do politics. No, I, I know. one joke. It's the diary of Mike Pence because he's <laughs> gay and a fisting bottom. And almost <laughs> everyone, like if you can't laugh at that, then you shouldn't come to a comedy show. Like, yeah. It's, that's so silly well, and over and the top. And I don't think it's that there's people who can't, like the people who would be, it's not the people who would be offended by that that you have to worry about. It's the people who are like, Oh, someone's going to be offended by that. They kind of like tense up because mm-hmm. they think someone else is going to get offended. That's the impression I get of this room. Not that they get offended, right. but they're like, "Ooh, ooh, that's gonna, that's probably going to offend someone. I better, you know." Right. That's what I get. They they avoid like dark stuff sometimes. A perfect is a example here. of what I can't do anymore. I have a one liner that always killed. Um, I realized recently that blondes really do have more fun. It's because they're white and no one bothers them. And like that came from <laughs> my really own good. thing, looking like, you know, a Syrian, Iranian, Italian dude and always getting pulled over. Like that was an underdog joke. And yeah. it always got laughs. Yeah. And like the few blondes would go, oh, now the room gets silent. Really? Yeah, it's because they're hiding shit. Half of them are so tense because of the political climate, because there's a new fucking nuclear disaster a day with this president. Mm-hmm. And the other half are racist and they're hiding it and they're afraid to laugh. Yeah. It's, it's like I literally can't do anything like that anymore that's for the underdog. I think it's shocking that people right now are so like they're outwardly racist, yet they don't want to be called racist. Like people like know enough to know that they don't want to be called racist, but right. still just be so racist. Right. And they're like, you can't call me a racist just because I support this racist president. I'm like, actually, no, I, th- I think we can, I mean, he's, I think we can he, connect those dots. He's gleefully joking about a congressman's house being broken into when he is supposed to be the leader of the land. He's supposed to be upholding justice, and he's, he's praising a break-in for a congressman. It's it's so I don't know, it's it's And so you know nuts. what's crazy is like that is just like that's just today's thing. 
And right. every day there's going to be a new thing. And if we listen to this podcast like three months from now, we, we be, won't even remember this because there's going to be so many right. other bigger things. Like the things that we've forgotten about this whole situation just because there's been so much bullshit or crazy. Like I think if you went back and checked like just like a week of headlines like a year ago, you'd be like, I, be, I forgot about all that shit because shit, so yeah. much shit has happened bef- since then. Yeah. And it's 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 exhausting. For a really long time, I was just having fun doing stand-up, and I put my head in the sand to all of it. Yeah. And then for some reason, for some reason, that just bothered me when he made fun of the congressman's house being broken into. That was just like, whoa, this is like, like if I just can't believe the Kool-Aid drinkers that are. But anyway, with regard to stand-up, it's made it difficult. Like, I've even seen some crowds at The Cellar. The Cellar is the best comedy club in America, arguably. You know? And it's Jeez, like... Jeez, Frank, we're, we're right fucking here. <laughs> Next to the Fairfield, Fairfield Comedy, comedy club. club. Here at the Best West. <laughs> Argument <Party>. over. <laughs> right. But it's it's like, don't you go there to laugh and to hear stuff, to make fun of stuff? and it, it's, it's tough, man. And I said to them, now I'm going to do something stupid to win back the left side of the room. And I did a joke I wrote in my first year, and it killed. Yeah. It's just so... You got to do what you're paid to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to, even even if it makes me feel a certain way, I have to win them back because... That's the job, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're up there for 40 plus minutes yep. and like... That's why I don't talk about politics. I have the one Mike Pence gay joke. I don't talk about like real political stuff. For when people say to you after a show, I just f- struggled with breast cancer for a year. This is the first time I've laughed in so long. Like, if that doesn't make me want to just do my job and make people feel good, yeah. then nothing does. So that's why I don't usually talk about politics. But in my personal life, it's just... It's tough, know, too, because I think, story. like, the, the political stuff, like, I think you can get it to a point where it's going to be good and work, but it's just, like, a struggle to get there. I'm not because smart I feel enough like for that. You, like, I, I mean, I, there's, there's things that I would like to say or joke mm-hmm. about, and I'm like, ah, it's just going to be too much fucking work and too many times, like, eating a dick trying to find out how to get an audience to be comfortable right. with it, right? Like how to, you know, I feel like uh, if you go at it like the opposite way, if you kind of like attack your own viewpoint and it's obvious that you're doing that, yeah, you have a chance. Right. But I don't know. I, I feel it's very dicey. I don't have the balls to do uh, it, I'm not so. emotionally strong enough to not get swept up into the moment yeah. and want to throw the stool at someone and then it would not be a good thing because <laughs> they I, all carry actually. guns. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway. Just, uh, yeah, knock the gun out of their hand with a stool. Right. You know, everybody knows the way you stop a bad guy with a gun is right. a good guy with a stool. But what is cool is, oh, yeah, yeah, like I used to always, what's her name? Okay, there's an actress named Ann Dowd. She plays Aunt Lydia on Handmaid's Tale. And she played the oh, devil-worshipping best friend Joan in Hereditary. And did you watch uh, Leftovers? She was uh, no. Patty in the... Le- oh, you should watch no. the Leftovers. She was she's so, fantastic. She's so good. And I saw an article she's that great I read with everything. her. And when she finished the Goodman School of Drama, she was taking a subway, you know, 30 years ago to her restaurant job. And she saw the marquee for the film premiere of About Last Night with Elizabeth Perkins, I think, mm-hmm. who was her classmate in drama school. And she's like, I'm on my way to a waitressing job. And here's this girl I went to school with going to a movie premiere. She said she sat on her front stoop and cried. And that's been me for the last 10 years because my friends, like I was part of a generation where like you used to always hear like the generation ahead of me, Mark Norman and Sam Morell, it would take them 10 years, 11 years to get to Montreal. And then I was part of a generation, all of a sudden people were going in a year and a half, yeah. getting signed to William Morris and CAA in two years. And 
in the fashion of my entire life, I've been on the old school way. I really have. I spent my first huge chunk of years doing open mics, then bar shows, then starting my own bar show, then starting another one, then starting another one, then randomly getting little opening gigs in in what southern food restaurants in upstate New York or patio of a pizza place under yeah. the BQE. Like I really you then college take the stage time wherever you can get festivals, it. festivals, festivals, and now like ten years in, I feel good and stuff has been going great. So I feel like even though some of it was so painful, it really has helped to give me a confidence and polish a lot of shit. Yeah. It really I feel good. Well, you got to put in that time. That you I need that my stage dues. time. Yeah. And yeah, the, I mean, look, the producing somebody, shows is so key. Like hard. I don't know if you've found that, but like I right off the bat was producing and you know, I don't think I'd still be doing comedy if I hadn't if started produce, by producing shows. I right? think hosting for a while is also have imperative to, yeah. to changing you up as a comic. It makes you better. Yep. Working the worst rooms, like there was ha on the side of Times Square, the other east side of Times Square, which was this huge cavernous one forty five in the morning on a Sunday night or Monday morning, and the booker if you hold the microphone cord like this, it won't oh go God. out. And I was in a year and a half and they'd forget about me and I'd be Performing to an empty room because they were all in the back row in the darkness. <laughs> you stupid idiot. Like, they would heckle me. But it's, it all makes us... From out of sight. It was wow. so Talk scary. About, that's so weird. So scary. Would I, have, would I trade that for someone offering to sign me to a big agency two or three years in now? Yes. yes. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but, I am, but I really am grateful to still be here and not have to depend on that yeah well you know what i mean like everybody's got a different path sometimes you know sometimes people get shit too soon it doesn't work out for them um you know but the important thing is like you know you're doing fucking comedy yeah right absolutely you know here you are getting paid to do fucking comedy i am telling you headlining clubs like that's fucking living in gratitude this sounds so gay living in grat and i am that's why i said that (laughs) so for the people that don't know Living yeah, Frank, in, literally li- everything you said has sounded gay. Living in gra- <laughs> That's because I have AIDS. Living in gratitude. <laughs> it's like when I stay, because the thing is, it, it was so hard for so long. Like now I get stuff and it feels so good. Yeah. Now other comics know who I am and they're so like, wow, Frank's here. Like that makes me feel amazing because yeah. I worked so hard for it. But it really like I can feel it. Because I don't feel like, oh yeah, yeah, like a friend of mine who hit early was having trouble with CAA or ICM, and I was like, well, maybe you can. He's like, fuck that, I can just move right over to blah blah blah. Like he was so like taking it all for granted. I think when people hit early, they don't realize how much luck is really involved in show business. Yeah, and the way I look at it, for like to be a successful comic, you have to have the skill, you have to put in the work. And then you also have to win the lottery. Like you have to, you like do. you have to have like you, all those you really, things because there's so many extremely funny people who work so extremely many hard who you know don't get a break for a very right. long time. And uh, Yamanika is Yamanika can turn a room upside down, and she stuck it out for twenty. She's been in twenty two years. She she was an inspiration. Yeah, to she me. started. She, she actually ninety seven. Uh, I think she started she like a. She went to like a theater school when she started, right? Or was she? I think so. A lot of comics did. A lot of yeah. us did, but no one likes to talk about it because it's like that's uh, taboo. Like I went to Yale Drama School. I haven't yeah. even paid a nickel for it yet. No, but she's uh, she's a monster. She just crushes. It's a- she stuck with it. Yeah, and it, 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 
it's it it builds to me i feel so much gratitude for whatever i get like i had two shows last night the first show had three people there that left before their quote-unquote headliner but the thing is i still felt like i had spots i had stage time yeah. and i still did my thing for a person yeah no but, you, you know what i mean and then the later one was normal and was bad people but it's like but there's things to take you out of that experience, absolutely. right? Like new material, the the room. Yeah, now you're working out, working some stuff. out. You're getting to know the crowd. Living, you know. living in gratitude for it, it brings you more shit, and it just makes everybody happier. Yeah, you know, and you don't want to complain. Like this week, one of the clubs did like a seminar, and they're offering like pay four hundred dollars, and maybe you can audition here. Which club is this? Uh, I'm talking about. Outum, <laughs> outum to our thirty. There listeners. were like two hundred comics there, so I was told. It really is hard. So to be like doing my thing now and getting paid for it, yeah, I am really lucky. Yeah, I've worked hard, but I'm so lucky to do it. No, I know. I, uh, I mean, I always, you know, I kind of went into comedy with no actual. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to succeed at this. Like, I'm just, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I just, and until I started the club here. You know, I didn't get, you know, I got paid, like, occasionally yeah. to do comedy. Now I, like, make money doing comedy. It's right. not, like, my, my career, and I don't know if I could do it as a career, but just to be able to perform and, like, have it just, you know, like, oh, my God, it's fucking great. The problem, though, uh, that I've found is once you start getting paid for it, it becomes work <laughs> in a little bit of a way. Like, it's still, like, I love doing it. But, like, there are times where, like, if it's a Friday night here, like, I know I will get paid if I go to the club well, and perform. Well, you're producing but it, I'm though. like, ah. Producing you know? it is nerve-wracking. I don't have that yet. But the thing is, until- like, it's, like, you know, I mean, you've been here. I'm not doing shit, right? I'm not, I'm not setting right. up chairs. I'm not taking tickets. I come. I perform. That's it. And there are nights where I have the opportunity. And I can come in and do a set and, you know, make a little money. And mm-hmm. I'm, instead, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay fucking home because, you know, what? I'm a, I'm a lazy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I have this podcast called It's a Hustle and it's right. just a fucking farce, Frank. Just, yeah, but there's a Dunkin' Donuts and a Duchess next door. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I was tending bar up until, I think, six weeks ago for the last 10 years all throughout comedy. Oh, really? So six weeks ago? Yeah. Six weeks ago. Where I was like, okay, I'm done. A place called. Uh, I don't even want to, like, push it because I hate them so much. Oh, okay. An, a cock, I was a cocktailologist. It was a fancy cocktail place. They call the them cocktailologists? No, I'm calling it a cocktailologist. Oh, okay. I'm they, like, it's like a gay cocktail called, place? No, they're called bartenders. Like, real real bartenders don't call themselves mixologists. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was like a fancy schmancy cocktail place, and I was able to support myself for a decade and do my thing, but I was free at last because now I'm doing okay enough and yeah. did stand-up. But it's like, so I never, I'm not at a point yet where I don't feel great when I have spots. Well, we always feel great when you have a spot here. So I uh, see how I turn that around there. I see. But uh, Frank, I uh, I don't want to keep you from the Duchess. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We need to get you re-energized because you got to fucking bring it again for this nine o'clock. I do. So, uh, but uh, what well, what do you have coming up? Where can people find you outside? I'm going to be at If You Build It, which is a good New York City show. I know that's on Joan Jett's birthday. I think it's the twenty second of September, and. I'm doing a thing called Fat Chance. It's a it's an American tour with Lisa Lampanelli. Oh, really? Yeah. She lives around here. She lives right. She might even be at the later show. Oh, really? And there's no stand up in it. And it's a two person thing about like food addiction and food stuff. And um, we were in Plattsburgh, New York, Provincetown. We're going to be in Chicago, Des Moines, Sag Harbor, Glens Falls, New York. It's going to Seattle, 
Vegas. It's all going all over the place, so it's cool. It's called Fat Chance. Fat Chance. With Is Lisa Lampanelli. And I am telling you, like, I'm on stage the whole time, and I sit behind her when she does her thing. You have not seen brilliance until you have seen her live. It's just like, it's jaw-dropping That's how awesome. quick she is. It's a muscle. For comics listening to this, it's a muscle that is so honed. Yeah. It literally, I was just like, holy shit. She's incredible. Yeah. It's like Jessica Kirsten, that kind of incredible. Yeah, that, for that's, a high, that's a Bill high. Bill Burr, Attell. Like, when I hear Attell sometimes, I'm like, I never want to open my mouth again. <laughs> that's it. That's how I feel when I hear anybody. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> You're retarded. <laughs> well, Frank, uh... Excited for that tour. Check it out, guys. Can't wait to have you back here. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. And I'm Frankaholic on Instagram and Frank Liotti on Twitter. I always forget to say that. Good. Check him out, guys. Uh, you definitely want to see Frank live if you have the chance. Frank, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Peace. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.